Christian because as a Christian I know that someone hung on the cross and his blood shed for you and I for our forgiveness of our sin. Amen? People say that freedom is free. Freedom is not free. There's been many, many lives that have shed blood so that you, you and I could stand here today and be in service and be here and we can say the name of Jesus. We can lift up our hands and we're not... We don't have... Yeah, we may, we may have guys that are walking the parking lot making sure that nobody borrows the stereo out of your car. 
But we don't have people walk in the parking lot making sure that the police are not coming to stop us from worshiping and being in a church body together like we are. I'm glad that we live in a nation that has freedoms. But I'm going to tell you something about this nation. I'm going to tell you something about our freedoms. I'm going to tell you something about us as a people and us as a society. Those freedoms can easily be taken away. We have freedoms today, but as a Christian nation, what we must understand is we, as the body of Christ, determines how we maintain those freedoms. Brother Andy, that's not, that's not even biblical. That's not even part of anything of what we live in. Well, or anything of what we believe. Well, I hope that this morning, I hope that I've given that I'm going to give you something that from the Word of God and from our nation's, the documents that was written for the nation of the United States of America. I hope that I'm going to give you little tidbits this morning to understand a little bit more about our freedoms as a nation. You have your Bibles, if you will, turn with us to the book of Proverbs chapter 14. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 34. And this is what it tells us. It says, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. There's three things that we're going to look at out of this particular passage of Scripture. We're going to look at those in just a moment. I'm going to build a little bit of a foundation for it. But first of all, there's going to be some things that we're going to look at out of this verse. The, the exaltation of a nation. Then we're going to look at the deterioration of a nation. And then the rejuvenation of a nation. But first, I want to, live, I want to build a little bit of a foundation. I want to build a little bit of a... Uh, uh, somewhere where we can look at of what our nation is. I think that we as a people, we as a nation, we as a church body, we take freedoms for granted. We are free to worship God how and when we choose. No one tells you what church you have to go to, where you have to worship, what day you have to worship, no one tells you what songs that you have to sing. No one tells you what Bible you have to read. Many choose, we take those, but we take those freedoms for granted. When we choose and all of those, the choices that we make, we, th we take those for granted. But many choose not to exercise the freedom that we have. Rather, they choose when they're going to exercise their freedom. I'd like to read that verse one more time. And I want us to look at this this morning. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. For the most part, we live in a nation, and we have politicians and rulers at every level of our government. Other nations have kings and governors and we have presidents and we have, we, have, uh, we have governors and we have mayors. Some have prime ministers. Some have other officials. They seek 
to do what is best and what will prosper and exalt their nation in their mindset. In the end, however, only one factor determines whether a nation will rise or whether a nation will fall. And that is the righteousness that we live as a people. Nations that follow the standard that God has laid before us, those standards are governed by the Word of God. Those nations that follow the standard and the righteousness that God has established in His Word, the nations that follow those, those nations are great nations. But when a nation determines that they're going to turn away from the Word of God, they then start to, they start to stumble and they start to fall. Those, those nations and those countries are the nations that establish selfishness and sinful desires over righteousness. They, and they suffer disgrace and shame. If you look at world history, you find that this proves repetitively time and time again. The most obvious illustration is found in the Word of God by the nation of Israel. When Israel obeyed and it followed God, Israel became the greatest nation on the earth. But when she forsake God and she started turning to idols and sinfulness, desires, lust of the flesh, Israel started to fall. To this day, Israel has yet to be restored to its former glory. Solomon, the king who wrote the Proverbs, the proverb that we just read, Solomon actually set Israel's decline in motion. This emphasizes the critical importance of individual righteousness and responsibility. Notice I said individual righteousness and responsibility. You as a people, each one of us has an individual responsibility of the righteousness and responsibility that we have towards our nation. Israel had reached its peak its peak during the greatness of Solomon's reign, but then began a decline when the king stooped down to live a brazen and unrestrained immorality in his life. This morning, we've, took, we've taken a look at the song, God Bless the USA. Let's take a look at our nation as a whole. First of all, I believe that every one of us, including myself, we're proud to say that we're an American. No, I did not fight in any war. No, I've not been a police officer. I was not in the Marines, Navy, Army, National Guard. National Guard. I've not been in any of those capacities, but I'm still proud to be an American. I still know that this flag, this, this flag means something. It means something. Many have died so that we can have the freedoms that we have today. I do not try to place my citizenship, citizenship in this nation above my relationship with God. I do know that this flag means something, but this cross means a whole lot more. The men and women that died and made this flag a, 
a standard and a, a symbol of freedom. They, they, they gave us the, their blood shed, gave us the freedom that we have today. But the blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary gave us so much more. Why? Because the blood that was shed on this symbol, on this cross, it paid the price for you and I. It shed and it covered a multitude of sin. I'm glad to be an American though. The reason I'm glad to be an American is that I believe the American dream was placed in the mindset of the founding fathers by God Himself. I don't believe that they just woke up one morning and said, Ooh, I got something to write down. But I believe that they prayed and they sought God. Why do I believe that? I believe that heaven rescued and God gave this land, the United States of America, to the founding fathers for religious freedom. However, and I'm going to talk about that in just a moment, but I want us to know that many of the freedoms and the liberties that you and I, we celebrate and we know that we have today, they're not the same as they was even just a mere ten years ago. Many of our freedoms, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to raise a political ruckus or anything, but I want us to understand something. Many of the freedoms that we have today, slowly, one by one, inch by inch, they're being taken away. Many of the freedoms that we have, they are being debated in the court system about limiting those freedoms that we have. What can we as Americans, what can we do as Christians what can we do to make sure freedoms remain? We can get a back a hold of God in a time of prayer. Brother Andy, why do you think that our freedoms are being taken away? If you look at other countries, you look at other nations, you look at, uh, at surrounding areas that do not have the freedoms that we celebrate and that we are honored to have, what are they doing? They're escaping their nations, their countries. And where do they want to go? The United States of America. Why? Because they can't worship like we can. They don't have freedom of speech like we do. They don't have the freedoms that we have. Brother Andy, all of these things, are, you're, you're getting real political. No, I'm not. When the pilgrims, go back and look at your history before it's erased. If you think that it ain't, you find you a World War II veteran and you find out that it is being erased. There's a World War II veteran that I personally know, personally told me, the things that are in the history books today is not what happened. I'm telling you, you can think that this is conspiracy theory all day long, but church, we better wake up. Because the very next thing that's going to start to be taken away and try to be written is the Word of God. It's already being 
censored and monitored today. Social media of churches and religious organizations and pastors, to include myself. Social media channels are already being censored and are already being monitored and are already being changed and blocked. I've had several of my posts that was not political but was strictly religious in nature. I'm telling you, church, we have got to get back on our knees before God. Why? When the pilgrims... Okay, I know every teenager in here just said, Oh Lord, we're history class. No, but we need to look back at this. When the pilgrims came to this nation, they sailed to these shores. They came here seeking religious liberty and freedom. They came not because of their Muslim, Islamic, or Hindu faith. They came because of their Christian faith, their Christian values, their Christian morality. Those on the Mayflower, they came, they built their little cabins, they huddled together, and they wrote a document called the Mayflower Compact. And in it, do you know how it began? Does anybody, without, I know some of you have already read my outline, so you don't count. But how did it begin? Does anybody know how it began? The Mayflower Compact, one of the founding documents for the United States of America, it began with these opening words. In the name of God. Amen. That's a pretty good way to open a document, is it not? In general, we close things with amen. But the Mayflower Compact was open in the name of God. Amen. And then it told what its purpose was. Its purpose was this. Now, remember, this is a founding... Do- Brother Andy, this ain't church and this ain't, this ain't biblical. Oh, why we getting there? This, hey, everything that was established for this nation was built on the Word of God. That's where it started. That's where it began. The Mayflower Compact, its purpose and the stated purpose in the document was this. For the glory of God and the advancement of Christian faith. That's why the pilgrims came to these shores. There was an interview. Now, how many knows that there's a North America and a South America? How many did not know that? Better get that out of the way first. There was a... Oh, Jesus, help us all. There was an interview several years ago about a South Amer- by a, with a, an interview with, with a South American president. The South American president was talking about the great differences between North and South America and why North America, as we know it, seems to be so blessed and why South America has never become a developed country, as it could be. 
because of all the rich natural resources that are in South America. This South American president said, and I quote, The difference is this. When people came to our shores, they came here seeking gold. They came to South America seeking gold. But when the people came to your shores, to North America, church, we need to quit taking our freedoms for granted. When they came to the shores of North America, they came seeking a place to worship God. That is the difference. Are you seeking finances or worldly wealth? Are you seeking something that is going to make the next life make a, a, a great eternal difference in where you're going to spend eternity? That is the difference. That's what they were seeking. When they came to North America, they were seeking God. Now, I know that there was the great American gold rush and everybody's went from one side to the other and they go to California and they, they're seeking gold. Yes, I'm muted for that. As they came to North America, they were seeking religious freedoms. They were seeking a place to worship God. Our American government today, we're going to show you in just a moment. How many knows another document that we have in America called the Constitution? Has anybody ever heard of that? Anybody ever heard of the Bill of Rights? Anybody? Wait a minute. Has anybody not? Never mind. Don't raise your hand on that. The Constitution was written in the heat of revival. Does anybody remember in the Word of God saying that in the last days there's going to be a great revival sweep across this, this world one more time? I'm ready for the great revival. Why? Because I believe in the great revival. In the first great revival in this nation was written the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. The next great revival that's going to be a nationwide revival. It's going to be a worldwide revival. I believe that that's going to be the time of the rapture of the church. I'm ready ready for the last day revival. Amen? In the Declaration of Independence, it says this, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights. I like how that's worded. Why? Number one, they said, we're not arguing with you about this. It's not up for vote. It's not up for debate. This is self-evident. It is self-evident that I got a pink coat on today, right? My wife and daughter says I'm colorblind. It is self-evident that I've got a blue coat, right? This is a blue coat. This is a blue shirt. It's dark blue. What? what? Huh? 
This is dark blue. Yes, this is blue. This is blue. This blue, this, this jacket is blue, y'all. Somebody help me out. Who said it? It's blue, y'all. Hang on. That's gray stripes and that's blue. Oh, Jesus. Y'all know y'all. Y'all all. It is self-evident that this shirt's blue. This is a blue jacket, too. God help us all. Y'all wait till I bring a gray jacket up here. God help us. No wonder this nation's going. No. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. These folks said that it was self-evident that all was created equal. That we are endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights. We're un- we have certain rights that y'all can say this is a gray suit and I can say it's blue. We have that freedom! I can say y'all are wrong and I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. That all men, it is also self-evident that all men are endowed by whom? By the government? We are endowed by whom? Does everybody know what the word endowed means? Let me make sure we get this first. I am giving you something, so therefore I am endowing it to you. We are endowed by who? Our Creator, not by the government, and I hope the government is listening. Not by, because some need to go back to the Constitution. This is not a history lesson, but I want you to hear something. Did the creators of the ones that wrote the Constitution... The ones that wrote the Declaration of Independence. The ones that wrote the Bill of Rights. The ones that was the founding fathers. Does it appear that they believe in evolution? No, it does not. Why? Because they said, we are endowed by our Creator. Now, what did they believe? They believed that there was a God in the glory of who made man. That God gave man rights. Let me tell you something. The government does not give you rights. I have been given my rights by God. Now I'm not leading a revolution against the government. Don't everybody get all antsy with me. Okay? The Constitution, Declaration of all of these documents... Tell us in the beginning. Brother Andy, where are you going to get into the Bible at? I'm showing you in just a second. Well, this is July the 4th. What we need to understand is we have been given rights by the one that created us. Therefore, the government does not give you rights. The government takes rights away. The government is here to protect your rights. Why? Because they are God-given rights. 
It's of our, our very nature, the nature of this land. It is rooted in the belief in God Almighty. It also goes on and it says, Congress shall make no laws respecting the establishment of religion or the exercise thereof. The government cannot tell you you have to attend X church. The government cannot tell you that, that you can only worship this God or this God or this God. There are those that have the right, and this is not just a Christian thing, where we have the right to go to the Church of God, Church of Christ, Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Episcopalian, but there are those that they have the right to go to a Muslim church. They have the right to go to Islam, Hindu. They have that right. Hello? Now, they're worshiping the wrong God because the God we serve gave them the right to choose. Is everybody with me? Who's mad yet? Besides those that think I'm wearing a gray shirt, a gray jacket. Nowhere in the Constitution was it ever meant to be the separation of God from the government. It was meant to be separation of the church and the state. In other words, the church is not to control the state and the state is not to control the church. That is what separation of church and state means. Each one is to operate in its own sphere and not to try to control the other. But nowhere, now we're fixing to get in the Word of God. Nowhere in any of this does it state that the church, that Christians, that godly men and women are not to influence the government. Nowhere in the Constitution does it say that. Now, as we look at that, let's go back to Proverbs. Proverbs says, righteousness, the way we live our life, exalts a nation. But sin, the way we live our life, is a reproach to any people. So I want to take a look at three things. First, the exaltion of a nation. Righteousness exalteth a nation. Now did you know that this nation... It's a great nation because of the way it was born. Our nation was born in the 1700s during a time of a great revival. The flames of revival swept from plains to the mountains to the prairies. We call it in the church history the great awakening. But the secular historians are forced to admit that there was a great revival during the time of the birth of this nation. Out of this... People gained character, and out of that, the Constitution was born. The government that we have is a reflection on the character of the people. Let me say that again. The government that we have, I did not say the government that was established in the beginning. The government that we have in the year that we are in right now 
is a character of the people. Why? Because you as a person that lives in this great nation, if you are of the age of voting, you have the right to put the people in power. And because of that, we have voted in who is leading our nation. The character of the people reflect the nation and the government that leads that nation. Alexander Hamilton said, people get the kind of government that they deserve. So you see, the government has a reflection of the character and the morality of the people that it governs. But I want you to also understand that God ordained three institutions. He ordained the home, that is the marriage and the family. He ordained the church, the leadership, and the direction of how a church is to operate. And He also ordained the government. All three are a reflection of the character that builds each of those institutions. The church is a reflection of the people that is here. The government is a reflection of the people in that nation. The home is a reflection of the people who live there. People want prayer back in the government. We need to start at the most basic institution that God ordained, and that is the home. You want prayer back in the government? Let's get prayer back in the home. You want prayer back in the government? When we get it in the home, and we get it back as a mainstay in the church, then it will flow into the government. The government reflects the character and the morality of the people. You're going to find the greater the character the more freedom and the more liberty. The less the character, the less freedom and the less liberty that is there. Brother Andy, that ain't biblical. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Where the, I've only hearing one. Y'all, I'm deaf. Y'all got to yell. Y'all was yelling about my blue jacket being gray. Y'all yell at this. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Come on. Where? When we have... How does the Spirit of God come in? When the righteousness of the people is in direct connection with where God wants it to be, the Spirit of the Lord is going to dwell in that place. Where righteousness exists, God is going to be there. The less the character, the less the freedom, and the less the liberty. Another word for character is responsibility. Because character is responsibility assumed. Second thing that I want to look at is the de deterioration of a nation. The deterioration of a nation is a humiliation of a nation. If righteousness, look at the verse, if righteousness builds up and exalts a nation, 
What does the opposite do? The lack of righteousness does what? Destroys a nation. Sin is the opposite of righteousness. Sin is a reproach to any people. One translation, oh brother, you can't read all the translations. One translation says, sin is a ruin to any people. Sin will destroy mankind. I'm afraid that is what's happening in our nation. We have so many. Why? Just a couple of years ago, abortion was almost eliminated in the United States of America. With the stroke of an ink pen on inauguration day, abortion just comes back wild and full force. It is now funded by the government as it once was. It had almost been eliminated. But Andy, why are you talking about abortion? What? Abortion is one of the biggest areas that I believe that us as a nation have allowed sinful acts to be a reproach against the people. Sure, there's many others. But abortion is the one that just jumps out and is in your face. There's many others. Lifestyle of a people. I'm so sick and tired of people taking a symbol that God created to give us the promise, to give us hope, to give us security. I'm so sick of people taking the the symbol of a rainbow and twisting it to try to be a symbol of an alternate lifestyle. People have taken the things of God and twisted them and turned them. This is the deterioration of a nation. We want our nation to get back to God. Well, how about start taking things back that the devil and the nation has taken away from God? Why was the, why was the devil, why was the nation allowed to take those things from God? Because the church set back and said, oh, we don't want to offend anybody. It's, it, look, man calls it offense. God calls it conviction. We better get our terminology right. You want to know the greatest threat against America today? I'm not talking about America 100 years ago, 200 years ago. I'm talking about America in the year of 2021. What is the greatest threat to this nation? God. No, Brother Andy, God is our hope. He sure is. He is the church's hope. He is the Christian's hope. But our, the nation's biggest threat is God. Why? Because I'm going to be honest with you. The way this, and I don't, I don't care. I'm sure somebody is going to be offended. Somebody watching live feed... Somebody maybe sitting here is going to be offended at what I'm fixing to say. But I'm going to tell you something. It's time that the church starts to take a bold stand on the Word of God. Hello? And I'm going to tell you, this is a bold stand that I'm going to say today. The biggest threat against the nation we currently live in is God Almighty. Why? Because if this nation does not turn back to God, I'm afraid of what God Himself is going to do to this nation. 
If we as a nation do not turn back to God, why? Sin is a reproach to any people. One of our leaders that is sitting in Washington right now in the halls of Congress says God has no business in this building. I'm going to tell you something, folks. When we cannot pray to the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, but we can pray to mumbo-jumbo, there is a problem. Sin is a reproach and the ruin of any nation. We're talking about the deterioration of the people. Remember the equation I just called out? The greater the character, the greater the freedom. Well, the loss of character equates, equates to the loss of freedom. As government begins to grow and starts to provide... This is my irritant. As the government begins to grow and starts to provide for everybody... And everybody says, well, I can do everything. I can make more money sitting at home. I am so sick and tired of that. Many like it. But when Publix, a grocery store, when the assistant manager, and I know he don't care me telling this on live feed, I'm going to give him free publicity right now. Publix is hiring. They're starting you out at some of the jobs at $13 an hour. My Lord, when I was a teenager and I wanted to go get a job at the grocery store, I was lucky to get, never mind, a whole lot less. Hello? There's some jobs that Publix will pay you 15, starting off at 15 an hour. If you don't like Publix, Walgreens is hiring. If you would like to talk to a manager, he's sitting on... Since y'all say this is a gray shirt, I'm saying he's got a pink shirt on. Y'all do know that I'm colorblind, right? Okay. If y'all didn't, y'all do now. It is a blue shirt, jacket. But many fail, I know it. Many fail to understand that government cannot give you anything except it's taking it from you first. How do you think the government has money to give you? Somebody had to give it to the government. And who did that? Those that was working. So if you want the government to continue to be able to get... Never mind. I'm staying off of political right now. Come on. Yet the government takes its part out before it gives it back. As the government begins to take care of people, it begins more and more to control the people. I've been told that this was a pretty good outline. And I told that same person, I said, well, I've been here six years. I better pick up my game. 
Third thing I want to talk about is the rejuvenation of a nation. What we're really looking for. We're wanting our nation to get back to God. Hello? We're wanting, we're wanting our churches to get back to God. Too many times the churches today are more about a production and entertainment than they are worshiping God. We're worried more about the font sizes and the font colors and the backgrounds of our slides. Never mind. We're worried more about the quality and the, the way that the live feed is produced than we are about getting men and women of God back under one roof so that we can worship God together as a church family. Do not misunderstand me. I love our live feed. I love the fact we've got our live feed. Over the last 18 months... We have, we have done great things to update our live feed. But if live feed goes down, I want us to be able to be in this house to worship God together as a church family. That is what it's going to take for the rejuvenation of our nation. Go back to verse 34. Righteousness exalts a nation. The deterioration is sin, but righteousness rejuvenates the nation. This morning, I'm a realist. I'm a realist in believing that God is the greatest reality that the world has ever known. Some of you will, will watch reality TV. We'll watch those shows. I'm not knocking these shows. But some will watch these shows and they want to know on the next Bachelor which guy is Susie going to choose. I sure do hope he chooses Ricardo. I don't even know who's on them. We're so busy watching American Idol and, and these other talent shows we're so, I, now look, I like some of these talent shows. Them folks has got some talent. And some of them are lacking common sense. I'm not sitting here trying to swallow a sword. Or a flame on the end of a, a spear. And I definitely ain't playing with snakes. They call it talent. I call it something else. They'll get up there and they'll juggle chainsaws. Not me. My talent is sitting back and eating Oreo cookies. Hello, come on. I got a good talent. Mine does something to you. It makes you bigger. And causes the belt to get tighter. But the greatest reality that our nation needs to get a hold of is not trying to figure out which one Susie's going to take a date on tonight, but we need to get back a hold of God. 
I refuse to say it's too late for America. To get back to righteousness, we have to ask God to forgive us of our sins. Now, we know as, a, we know as individuals, God forgives us of our sins, right? But God, we need to ask God not only to forgive us of our individual sins, but we need to ask God to forgive us of our sins as a nation. There needs to be and there can be a new birth of freedom in our nation. We don't need a majority. It's not great numbers. But we need people to get a hold of God. Lenin began his revolution in 1917 with a few thousand souls. Castro took over Cuba with a band of 80 people. But Jesus transformed this world with a group of 12 disciples. It's not a matter of the majority. It's not a matter of the number. But God says in His Word that I want a remnant, a small group of people that is still wanting to get a hold of Him, that's still calling out on the name of the Lord. Joshua 23 and 10 tells us, If one man of you shall chase a thousand for the Lord your God, he that fighteth for you has, as he has promised you. One man in the name of the Lord, can chase off a thousand. One praying Christian is worth more than a thousand against God. I'm going to tell you something. I think our odds are pretty good if God is living in our hearts and our lives. We need to believe on God. We need to trust in Him. We need to have faith in Him. We need to look towards Him. Matthew chapter 5 and 13 says we're the salt of the earth. But Jesus also goes on and said that salt will lose its saltiness. And at that time, it's good for nothing. And it needs to be cast out to the side. But as the church, we need to be the salt of the earth. We need to stand before God. When we do what God has called us to do, there can be a great revival. And I want to tell you something, church. The answer is not in Washington, D.C. The answer is not in the Pentagon. It's not in Nashville, Tennessee. It's not in Montgomery, Alabama. It's not in San Francisco. And it's not in Texas. It's not in the city hall. But the answer to America's problems is sitting right here on these pews. You have to know that the gospel of Jesus Christ is living inside of you. A nation was born out of revival. And we as a church body can cause revival to start right here. The Constitution was written by a character of people by a people of character. And out of that character, a great response from God came. Well, church, I'm going to give you some words. Go to the next verse. Church, I'm going to give you some words to bring revival back to this nation. If my people 
This verse should cut to the heart and the marrow of every Christian. If my people, which he ain't talking about the non-churched. He ain't talking about the non-Christians. He's talking about you and I. If my people, which are called by my name, will get off of your high horse and think you're too good for God to move through. You think you're too good to get on your knees before Him and pray. You think you're too good to... to shed a tear for the sinful nation of this, the sinfulness that's in this nation. It's time we as a church humble ourselves, pray, seek God's face. Now remember, he said, if my people, so he was talking about the church, but he also says, you got to turn from your wicked ways. Over the last three months, I've had individuals to tell me that they've done too much for God to forgive them. We as a church, we as a Christian band of brothers and sisters in Christ need to understand we're living under the grace and the mercies of God. We need to turn from the things in our life that we need to get rid of. Turn from our wicked ways. Then God will answer, forgive our sin, and heal our land. Now we're not having service tonight. And I know that many have got plans this afternoon. But I want to close just like this. Would you, let's find a place to pray. I'm not going to, I'm not, look, God's wanting to do great things in in our people. God's wanting to save souls. God's wanting to heal. And God's wanting to restore. If you need salvation, you need to come see me. We'll pray for you right now. But as a church body, I'm asking you. I'm asking you, would you help me to pray for this nation on this 245th birthday of the United States of America? It's time for this nation to grow up and start acting its age and quit acting like a child and get back a hold of God. Before you come to pray, I'm going to remind you, next Sunday is Baptism and Membership Sunday. If you're wanting to be baptized, rebaptized, or join the church, make sure you see me before you leave today or you call me throughout the course of this week. Live feed, join us in your living room where you're at in a time of prayer. May God bless you. Amen and amen. Church, would you help me?